Welcome to Kitzvah Kitzvah, the Simen Kuf Lamed Zion, the halachas of shaking the Arba Minim, and Akafas the Hishanas, Sif Hey. Here the Kitzvah tells us that it's also to eat before taking the Lulav. The Mishtabura adds any activity is also before davening. The earliest time that you could take the Lulav is in the morning right after sunrise. However, you could take it at any point later in the day. The main time to take the Lulav is before Halal, so that you could be holding your lulav throughout halal. There are some people, machmirim, who have the minug to take the lulav in the sukkah in the morning right after sunrise, That's thereby shaking it at the earliest possible time, brought down by the Mishnah Brewer. If Moshe, however, says that, the, that there's a minug that has its roots in the practice of the men of Yushalayim, and the old Yishav who would hold the lulav the entire day. Nowadays, it's better to take the lulav before halal. If someone's on the road and he expects to reach a destination where he'll have a lulav and esrig, so to people who live in a city where there are no lulav and esrigim available and they ordered one, they're waiting for it to arrive. They have to wait until chatzois before eating since they hadn't sh- shaken the lulav and esrig yet. But after chatzois, they no longer need to wait because it's ushered of mass on yom tip and chalamoid beyond chatzois. If someone is very weak, and he's going to have a hard time waiting till chatzos, he's allowed to taste a little bit of food even before shaking lulav. But if someone isn't weak, he should be machmir not to even taste food. Sharetzian says that if you know a lulav and esrog is on its way, and you feel weak, then you could even eat a lot, because the person who is bringing the lulav will remind him to shake it. Next, the kitzer says, it's mutter to put the lulav into water on yomtif. You're even allowed to add water to the container, but you can't change out the water on yomtiv. On chalamoid, it's a mitzvah to change the water so that the lulav stays fresh and beautiful. There's a minog on every day of chalamoid to take a new set of aravis for your lulav, and that is a hidr mitzvah. Especially in places where the Aravis don't stay fresh and they wither. There is a shita that we learned if the leaves are facing down, it may even be possible according to some opinions. Then one should definitely get new aravis. Next, the Kitzer tells us that it is also to smell the hadasim from your lulav. Throughout Yamtiv, even on Chalamoid, even on Shabbos, since the main benefit the people have from hadasim is smelling. That's the Isser, which is set aside. When you set these aside for the Arbaminim, that's what becomes Usr. However, the Esrig is allowed to be smelled on Shabbos because the main Hana of fruit is eating it. Therefore, only eating is Usr when you're using it for mitzvah's Esrig. Smelling is a side benefit. When smelling an Esrig, even when smelling the Esrig, um, one makes the bracha However, on the other days of Yom Tif, not Shabbos, even though technically it's mutter to smell it, one should not smell a zesrig, even when he's, when he's not doing the mitzvah of shaking lulav and esrig, because there's a suffix bracha. You only make a bracha on the fruit which is meant to be smelled, since this is a mitzvah esrig, not a smelling esrig. Maybe one should not recite a bracha, therefore we do not. Shabbos, you're not going to be taking it for the mitzvah. Therefore, you can make the bracha on smelling it. The lulav is muksa on Shabbos, even. Let's say, 
because it's mukta, it's set aside for the mitzvah. However, the asterisk, since you do have the ability to smell it on Shabbos, it's not mukta in that you may move. You're allowed to put the esrig on Yom Tif, onto that small, the, the soft material where it's packaging, because that material already absorbed the smell of the esrig. However, to take new fluff, styrofoam, and put the esrig in there, that would be also because you'd be, you would be moilid uh, reyach, imparting a new scent into that material. Ask her of if it's Next, the kitchen says that on the first day of Yom Tif, you cannot be oitze with a borrowed lulav asrig. It has to be 100% yours. The Pasuk says, And we learned that it has to be lochem, has to be yours. It can't be borrowed. For us who live outside of Eretz Yisrael, says the Kitzer, who keep two days of Yom Tif because of a Suffolk Yom, Sveikad Yom the second day of Yom Tiv also requires one to own his Lulavan Esrig. If someone gives you a Lulavan Esrig as a matona al menas a gift, but it's on the condition that you give it back to me when you're done with the gift, that is a valid matona and you can be it, and it's considered yours while you're using it. Even if a person gives you the Lulavan Esrig, stam, here, go ahead, you could be it with it. We assume that he's giving it to you as matona almanas lahachser, and you will be yaitzeh. The Mishnah points out that this assumption can only be made if the person who's giving them knows the halacha that you could be yaitzeh on the first days only if you own it. In which case we could assume that he was giving it as matona almanas lahachser so that he would own it. If one's husband is not home, the wo- the woman gets a knock on the door and someone says, could I borrow your husband's lulav and esrig? Over here, it depends on the husband's attitude, on his das, whether the guy at the door will be Yitzhah's mitzvah. Because if the husband is very makbid about his esrig, then it would not be considered a matana. According to the Mishnah Brewer, even if the husband does not mind and he'll be pumped to find out that his neighbor was Yitzhah's mitzvah with his lulav and esrig, the fact that the wife gives over his property doesn't affect a legal transfer and the recipient is not considered the owner of that property. So if this happens on the first day of Sukkot, the, the neighbor knocking at the door has to go do the mitzvah again. However, the second time he should not say a bracha since there are poskim who hold, like the kitzer, that he is yaitzah when he borrows a husband's lulav and through his wife. On the rest of the days of Sukkot, a man or woman can borrow arbaminim from someone else even without asking permission for a one-time use, because we could assume that a person wants people to do mitzvahs with his property. However, if he knows that the owner is makbid and would not allow it, then the mission board says that it's usur. Furthermore, if using another person's dalad minim will cause the owner of this dalad minim even the tiniest loss, incurring him a loss would make it usur and you would not be able to borrow it without asking. Thank you for learning with me. Have a wonderful day.